Hey guys, it's Adam of the Dollar Bin. Welcome to another Dollar Bin 10-year anniversary interview session, this time with Comics on the Couch co-creator, <laughs> Sean Doughty. Oh man, I haven't been on a podcast in a while. I'm kind of feeling a little nervous. Yeah? Yeah. Has it been a while? I feel like it's been a while. It's probably been a while. I think we did a couple episodes. We did an episode back during Thanksgiving with Brian and Shaka that never got posted. I don't know if we've done anything since then other than these interviews I've started doing. Well, I haven't been feeling up to the task because I'm so far behind in my reading. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I'm not current with comics at all. Well, thankfully, this is a retrospective. <laughs> so you don't need to be current with comics for this. Okay, good. And I was kind of worried you're going to be like, hey, Sean, what you read? And I was like, uh, um, uh, catching up on all Lumberjanes, Adventure Time. <laughs> Let's dig right into this. Okay. Give the people what they want. I don't know what the people want. Obviously, if I knew what the people wanted, um, <laughs> we'd be maintaining a steady uh, height of success. Yeah, we went on Patreon the other day and saw how much some podcasts bring in a month. Mm-hmm. And um, I was like, why are we even bothering? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or yeah. we should be doing more. Yeah, apparently we need a marketing department or something. Oh, man, if only we knew somebody who <laughs> did marketing. All right, Sean. Okay. Let's start from, where, sh- where should we start? Where do we start from? Do we start before you met the dollar bin or do we start when you met the dollar bin? You want to go back a little bit further? Let's see. Let's go back and find out how it is that you were put in the position where you could meet the dollar bin. And I will say that we met you mm-hmm. while you were the assistant manager mm-hmm. at Heroes Aren't Hard to Find in Charlotte, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. It was at Freecom Book Day, 2007, probably? Or was 2008, it 2008, maybe? Numbers aren't important. No. But the first Heroes Con the Dollar Bin attended was 2007. Okay. What got you into the position of assistant manager at Heroes Aren't Hard to Find? How'd you get there? Okay. I got into comics and started going to Heroes um, because of the guy I was dating. It was not Adam. <laughs> no, because we hadn't met yet. We hadn't met yet. It's been established. So I started going to the store more and more. It was probably around 2002, because it was when they had kind of moved into their new current location, <laughs> which um, apparently they're moving to Noda soon, so that's pretty cool. That's exciting. Yeah. Um, so they had just moved to the corner of 7th and Pecan, so I started going there. Like the nut. Like the nut. So one time Not I was bad. on the phone and I was giving directions to the store. This was whenever I was working there. And I was giving directions and I was like, yeah, we're the corner of 7th and Pecan. And then out of nowhere, Shelton yells out, like the nut. <laughs> and I tried to keep my composure because I was on the phone with the customer, but I died laughing. Okay. Yes. So I uh, started shopping there. It was around 2002. So I was getting into comics. Started reading some David Mack and Brian Michael Bendis. Um, so is that like Daredevil and yeah. Kabuki and stuff like that? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Alias. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. Powers. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what got me into comics. And I started going to the convention. 2003 was my first Heroes Con. I went all three days. I had a blast and started going there more and more. Around 2006, there was this crazy controversy with Heroes and <laughs> Wizard World. And I had just quit my job at the bank, moved up to New York for a month to kind of, I don't know, say I lived in New York. Live a little life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I came back. I didn't have a job. I knew they needed help. So I was like, hey, you know, you want me to volunteer? Do you need some help? I don't have a job. Maybe I can work. And so two weeks before the convention, I was hired (laughs) and thrown into the fire. But I guess I did an okay job because they kept me on. (laughs) So the the convention that you're speaking of is the controversy was when Wizard World was going to do Wizard World Atlanta. Mm -hmm. And they were going to do it the exact same weekend as Heroes Con. 
Yeah. Even after there was a discussion between the two. Just don't have it uh, this day. Don't date. have the same weekend. This yeah. is our weekend. Yeah. You know, be glad to do what we can do. Yeah. Just don't have this weekend. And they they uh, they did it anyway. Yep. Because of that, there was a huge uh, pouring in of support from the comics community t- for Heroes Con. Yeah. It turns out that Wizard ended up canceling. They didn't even do mm-hmm. the Wizard World Atlanta show. But when you say like, so what? What was this Heroes Con like? There were some big name guests there that we haven't seen since. Oh man, right? it was it was a huge convention. Yeah. And again, this was my first time helping out, so I didn't really have a frame of reference mm-hmm. for this. Mm. Um, so it was like Warren Ellis was there. That was like the big name that I remember. Yeah. Um, everything else was a blur. <laughs> uh, I remember helping out. I was like, I was pretty low on the totem pole, yeah. so I was like line capper. um i helped out at the information booth that those types of roles yeah and Um, you were an employee of heroes you weren't just a volunteer at this point yeah i was an employee employee. so i was working in the store still trying to learn like you know how the store ran (laughs) Uh, much less how the convention ran Mm -hmm. so i was you know learning quick and trying to pick Mm -hmm. up stuff quick so you, you'd been a customer at the store for a little while now. Mm-hmm. Did you have a pull like folder as yeah. a subscription? So at this point, yeah. you had a pull list. You uh-huh. were your customer for a while. You went away for a little bit, but you came back. I'm mm-hmm. assuming you still had your pull list because you weren't planning on staying in New York. Oh so yeah, I was only gone came for a back, month. Picked up some comics. So at this point, you you didn't just like going blind. You had a relationship with some of the employees at Heroes already at this point. Yeah, right? I had asked previously about maybe working there, uh-huh. but um, <laughs> they had said that they had had a female employee previously and it did not work out well so they were hesitant to hire another female yeah which i mean (laughs) i don't know i see where they're going but at the same time not all girls are right created equally well flashing flashing ahead and coming right back based on that point i do want to um, just throw out there that since you're hiring there there have been and still are numerous female employees of Heroes that are defined. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I do. I do. I like. I mean, not to do my own horn, but I definitely feel that my work ethic and contribution to the store helped pave the way for more diversity in the <laughs> staffing. Yeah. So, who all was at the store when you started working there? All right. When I started working there, um, Shelton, owner, <laughs> <Yeah>. obviously. <laughs> um, there was Dusty, mm-hmm. Todd. Mm-hmm. Jason Wheatley. Oh, man. like Some people you're going to leave out. Some people I'm going to leave out. <laughs> um, those were like the mainstay. Phil. Yeah. Duh, Phil. Seth came a little bit later. Shelly was here and there. Tony had left. Or that was like right when Tony was leaving. Who am I forgetting? I'm trying to think of Rusty was, was working there. Was he was in and out at least probably. Yeah. Yeah, that's one thing. It was a things. really, really, really small staff. Mm-hmm. Like, I almost feel like I need to look at the program book. Yeah. To really get an idea of who was working there. But it was well, a really small staff. And kind of going into that a little bit, the thing about Heroes Are Hard to Find is you are a part of a family. So just in the time that I've been with you and you've been there, the thing that I've noticed is I can see where it would be really hard to say who was there because everyone's there. Even if you're not, like, an employee there... Like, you don't know if Rusty was there. Rusty was probably there, you know? You don't know if other people were there because they were probably just there. (laughs) You know, I mean, Trey, like, he used to work for the store, but he comes back for the convention Mm -hmm. every year. And, I mean, so many people are there and apart, even if, like, they come and go, Mm -hmm. they always come back. Mm -hmm. So you start working at Heroes. Mm -hmm. You make it through the convention. Yes, it was rough. (laughs) <laughs> I was commuting yeah. from Mint Hill, which was about 30 minutes away. So if I needed to be there at 7 in the morning, that means I needed to leave my house mm-hmm. at 6.30. That was hard. <laughs> like, really hard. And, and, like, I think the hardest thing was that I was coming back that Monday. They said that I just needed to be there for a couple hours. <laughs> so I didn't really eat a good breakfast, and I didn't have a lunch. And I got stranded in the store for a really long time, and I was about to lose my mind because <laughs> I didn't have any food. And um, Cynthia was there, and she and I left the store in her hands and just took off. 
because I needed food and I needed to eat, and I didn't know if she was supposed to so, take over the store or not. A little context there: Cynthia is is Shelton's ex-wife, mm-hmm. and she was ex-wife at the time. Yeah, too, right. She was. Okay. So I was a little yeah. confused, but I was so hungry <laughs> that I kind of didn't care. And that was like that was like my defining <laughs> heroes moment. Was that was whenever I learned always have food, always have a lunch, always pack a lunch. Yeah. Um, and never expect to only work a couple hours always be able to work Mm -hmm. more um yeah because they were like all going out to lunch and helping people get to the airport and yeah you made it through the convention you made it through your first day after the convention just barely barely yes i think what the worst part of that was (laughs) i was supposed to meet my ex-boyfriend and he was mad at me for not getting out of work boyfriend at the time right yeah and he was he was okay so he didn't like you know come bring me food Mm -hmm. he was mad at me for not being able to leave Mm -hmm. and that also made me mad (laughs) so hey boys out there if your girlfriend is stuck at work how about bring her a sandwich he maybe couldn't drive at the time that is maybe why he couldn't because he was 12 no he wasn't 12 he just didn't get his license until (laughs) later but moral of the story is Bring your girl food. What happened after that? What was it like? What so that at that point you were a hero's employee. You were yeah. you were there to stay. Yeah, I mean, I had a great time working at Heroes. I mean, like you had mentioned, it, it's a family, mm-hmm. and once you kind of feel like you're accepted, it's just it's a great working environment. I know it did take me a while to really feel kind of like I fit in, and that I knew what I was doing. I mean, I've been reading comics, and I knew kind of you know about the store but just kind of getting a better idea of how the store ran where things were what comics were what then I started to get more comfortable and I kind of like I was working part-time there Mm -hmm. and I was also working part-time in the Mint Museum of Art and that was that was really great but Heroes kept offering to hire me kind of full-time as a store manager so I kept thinking and thinking and um, I wasn't really sure what I wanted to to do in the art community anymore and I really was having a good time at Heroes and having more responsibility there and having a better role more money full-time less hours because I was working 60-hour weeks and that was starting (laughs) to kind of yeah yeah, that was starting to kind of wear on me and during events and especially like Heroes I was working 13-14 days straight without any kind of break and that was starting to wear on me after a couple of years of doing that. So I took the role as store manager. You were assistant store manager? I was house- store manager. Okay. I was a store manager. There weren't like assistant store managers. Okay. I was in managers. charge of kind of the store, yeah. keeping it orderly, neat, clean, staffed. Dusty was in charge of the convention and Todd was operations. So he was in charge of ordering... And doing the kind of paperwork behind the scenes stuff. Okay. So I guess in a way I was assistant manager. Yeah, I, I get it. So, you know, yeah. but yeah. That's the, way I th- that's the way I thought. But then, but then eventually Todd left. Todd left. And you ended up with both roles, right? Or, yes. But okay. So this is like, like so this I was stuff, still. We haven't really talked about a lot of this no, stuff. No, so because I was still. Um, so when after Todd left, mm-hmm. I was still store manager. Right. But I did the ordering for the mm-hmm. entire store. Yeah. I was the sole person in charge of ordering. And Todd helped me learn that and Dusty did too. Dusty. And also at this point Seth Seth Peglar had a pretty big like it was he doing like warehouse manager. Yeah, he was warehouse manager. And so did he come right in? I mean He came right you, in. But... <laughs> yeah, he came right in as um kind of warehouse manager. Okay. To kind of organize a warehouse mm-hmm. and manage supplies. Yeah. His role has definitely expanded since yeah. he got there. He's completely organized and revamped the warehouse. I don't know how many times. <laughs> and he organizes convention stocks, mm-hmm. which was new, making sure that there's like a new kind of new inventory, mm-hmm. keeping up with what's hot, what's new, people, what people are asking for, and making sure there's like a really good stock that they can take to conventions without having to rebuild from scratch every time. Yeah. Um, and making sure that things are neat, orderly, and that supplies are running smoothly. Mm-hmm. I mean, you seem to have moved up pretty quick through the Heroes Con uh, into the, you know. Yeah, I mean, I it's mean, a it's small not, store. Not, it's, not the, it's not the deepest of, <laughs> <laughs> of I did, Yeah, but. I did move up quickly. But yeah, like, I mean, there's not that many employees. 
Um, so essentially, there's like part-time employees, and then there's full-time employees who have major roles. Essentially, yeah. is kind of how it's how it's broken up, right? Yeah. It seems. So we're getting to the point where you meet the dollar Ben mm-hmm. <laughs> at this point, mm-hmm. uh, because when we met, you were the store manager. Mm-hmm. Dusty was still there. Yeah. And it was free comic book day. Yes, it was. <laughs> I had remembered at the minicon. In January, Dusty doing an interview with somebody, and I remember trying to make him laugh while he was doing an interview. And I found out later that that was you guys. Yeah. But I didn't officially meet you that day. Yeah, I I mean, we'd known Dusty for a little bit. We met him at our first Heroes Con, and then at Minicon, that was following our first Heroes Con, we started our, our tradition of interviewing Dusty about Heroes Con on our you know, Road to Heroes Con yeah. that we would do, which we always felt kind of started at Charlotte Minicon, was kind of the Road to Heroes Con for us. And then Free Comic Book Day, we would always check back in again. Yeah. And uh, I think that was the first Free Comic Book Day at Heroes Are Hard to Find that the Dollar Bin did. The year before, we did Richards all day. And then Brian, Ison, and I decided we wanted to do a tour of shops in the Carolinas. Yeah. And we ended up only hitting three. I think we <laughs> That's w- still a lot. I think our plan was also we wanted to hit Planet and then something else. Like we were going to hit like a bunch. We hit Richards and Borderlands. Mm-hmm. Then we went up to Heroes and we stayed the rest of the day in Charlotte. Yep. But yeah, that was that was my first ever interview that I'd ever done <laughs> was with you guys. Yeah. I was pretty nervous, but I was so tired because yeah. it was like the end of the day that I was just like, <laughs> I'll talk, whatever. It's fine. Yeah. But no, I was, I was pretty nervous and didn't really know what to say. Yeah, that was, it's a, I guess that's a fun interview to listen back to. So I'll link to that here because I oh, think it's man. still on the site. But mainly it was Brian interviewing you. Yeah. I remember talking with Brian. I remember you asking questions and checking in, but it was stuff that we had already covered. It's because Dusty was distracting me. Yeah. So we were making fun of... So Brian and I were making fun of you. So we immediately bonded um, because we were making fun of you for like, well, if you'd been listening, you would have caught that answer. Yeah. But yeah, that's the main... My main takeaway from that interview. From that interview. Yeah. So that... That wasn't your first free comic book day working at the store at that point. No, it was You've not. You've been to a few of them at that mm-hmm. point. So do you remember anything else from that free comic book day? Man, they all blur together. I can't remember if that was, um, if Matt Brady was there or not. He was. Because he, um, when Matt Brady was working for Newsarama, he would kind of mm-hmm. do like a live yep. blogging. I remember that. I remember I had just broken up with a guy I was dating for a couple months and at the after party, I was getting relationship <laughs> advice from Brian Selfries. It was mainly like, you know, don't tell a guy you love him. <laughs> don't be the first. I yeah. remember that after party mm-hmm. because somehow Brian and I ended up there. I still don't know how we were invited or why we deserve to be there. I mean, it was our first here is our hard to find pre comic book day. I don't know. It was, it was, we were talking to Dusty and I guess Shelton or Dusty or somebody gave us directions and invited us to the after party. We'd gotten to kind of know some of the staff and, and team at that point. But yeah, we went to the after party. We didn't really, we, we were a little intimidated. Matt Brady was there, Dusty was there, Stell Freeze, and a bunch of uh, all the creators were there. And I think I actually sat and talked to Brian for like a couple hours, just the two of us. And that was the first time I think we'd ever done that. So <laughs> I remember, it was bonding for me and Brian for sure. I remember trying to work my way over to you guys. <laughs> yeah. But it didn't happen. Yeah. I remember. Until you, would, you were kind of leaving. Yeah. I remember eventually working our way over to where Dusty and Matt Brady and a few other people who I can't remember at this point. Yeah, I can't remember who was there, there and who wasn't. And they were all talking about Obama coming to Charlotte. Oh, because yeah. it was during the president, the first presidential race that he was a part of, and um, they're all talking about going to that, and that's all I remember. <laughs> and I do remember you kind of talking with a bunch of other people who I didn't know. I knew who they were, so there. Was a, so at that point, it was a, a complete intimidation and factor. But yeah, we, it was it was it was interesting. That was our first interaction. Um, I do remember you. Uh, I remember, yeah, definitely. You catching uh, a piece of my brain at that. I don't know. Like, uh... <laughs> I thought I, I recognized yeah. you. Seem like a guy I knew. 
course. I get uh, that a lot. Yeah. So okay. let's so let's see. We, we okay. okay. So we meet free comic book day. Yes. You and the dollar bin. Yeah. Not just me. No. Uh, we you as and the dollar bin you and, and I. Brian. And Brian. You you met um, us. Yeah. So then I you emailed me uh-huh. to let me know that the yes. interview was up. Yes. And at at the interview and everything, we'd also discovered that we had a mutual interest in music. Yes, the same band. So that's that's definitely one of the ways that we clicked. Yeah, is because I was wearing like a Hope for a Golden Summer shirt because I had gone up to a show that, to night, a show that night, and I'd seen like Desark was there, and mm-hmm. you were like, "Oh, you know Desark?" I was like, "Yeah." So then we kind of clicked with that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I listened to my interview, and it was ridiculous. Yeah. And that led me to listen to the Road to Heroes Con stuff yeah. where you guys mentioned <laughs> the lovely Sean Reynolds, yeah. which made my freaking day. I got to credit Brian with that one. Brian Eisen is uh, who tagged you, the lovely Sean Reynolds. Yeah, that freaking <laughs> made my day. Because I was in the back doing ordering or yeah. entering in stuff in the computer so I was able to listen to podcasts while I was working, and I listened to that, and I was like, "Hee hee, giggle, giggle, giggle." <laughs> Cut out all the stuff in there where I had made it one of my to dos at Heroes Con to interact with you more. Yeah, that was actually um, discussed on the show, and I believe was cut out. I don't. Yeah, no, that that, that wasn't there. In there but, that wasn't but there. But Devin and them, and uh, you know Trey and, and Brian were giving me definitely giving me shit for that, and they're like, "All right, we're gonna hold you to this. We're gonna hold you to it." And so, Adam, yes, did you make a point to interact with me at Heroes Con? Yes, I I probably could have done better. You were goofy. <laughs> you were definitely goofy because so one of the mornings I was there, you walked past me and yeah. you gave me like a stress ball. Yeah, we had stress balls at the Dollar Bin booth. And it was really weird. Like the exchange was weird. It was goofy, <laughs> but it was so cute. I remember you giving the stress ball, but I don't remember the any of like the exchange. At I all. have that in my drawer. The stress ball. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We had um, a, a bowl. That was also the, that was the first Heroes Con we ever set up at, I think. And we had our new um, Dollar Bin tour shirt, yeah. the Scroll tour shirt, which is awesome shirt. Hopefully, maybe we'll bring that back for a 10-year anniversary shirt. We've been talking about <laughs> it. But yeah, everybody set up there. Yeah, we had a table that was fun. I think that's the first year I started being more involved in panels. And I was running back and forth, and you were at the info booth. And so I would pass you as I ran from upstairs back to the uh, the Dollar Bin booth. And, that's, and I remember on one of those trips giving you a... Yeah, stress yeah, ball. Yeah. That's it. That's all I remember about that. Yeah. But yeah, no. So I had just broken up with my boyfriend and I had made it like a point that I was going to like. This is Sean time. Yeah. <laughs> like there's a ton of people around. Like, let's see if I can meet somebody. Mm-hmm. So the art auction, I had gotten all gussied up and was going to try and mix and mingle. Mm-hmm. So I'd made it my job to sit and check everybody in. <laughs> That went miserably. Her face, her face there. Still, oh, jeez. I still, like, it still hurts because I'd been <laughs> working since 7 o'clock in the morning, mm-hmm. you know, all the way through, like, barely any lunch. Mm-hmm. I had enough time to change and then get to the art auction. Mm-hmm. It was at Alley Cat this year. And I was going to just, like, chill and relax, you know. And there was nobody there who could accept credit card payments. So I had to... S- like I was stuck to the computer in the back of a bar trying to get people's credit card information for the art auction and it was miserable because I didn't really know what pieces were what and it was just chaos and it was confusing it was loud and then I was in charge of all the money so I did all that and then I had to take the money from Alley Cat to Shelton at the Weston luckily I had my cousin Heather to walk with me <laughs> while I was walking downtown with um, a bag full of money. <laughs> Not the safest. So I was doing that and um, I gave the money to Shelton. I walked Heather to her car and I was going to go back to the hotel room because I was angry and tired and angry. And then I saw you. So you actually saw me uh-huh. specifically, not just the people I was with, because I was with a pretty cool group of people. I saw you okay. and Jay Chris and Brian and Chris Pitzer, and I was like, I'm going to hang out with this guy. And so I did, and that's when we really clicked. Yeah, we hung out. I, I remember them forcing us to sit beside each other to get a picture. Jay Chris 
I did not catch on to that subtle. at all. I didn't not catch it at all. subtle. Zero did I notice. Oh, geez. I could tell you were kind of oblivious to it, but <laughs> J. Chris was not subtle. I not subtle. Completely oblivious to it myself. Yeah. Um, I don't know how much we want to talk about specifically how we've we done, met and all that stuff. We've That's done fine. that before. Read Comic Stars uh, number four. Yeah, the, the romance issue. The romance issue. issue. Pick that up whenever I put it on the Dollar Bin uh, store when I create post the Dollar Bin store. <laughs> yeah. Or come see us at SC Comic Con or at Heroes Con. We'll probably have some even though we're not set up or Fluke in Athens. Ask us about Comic Stars 4 if you want to read the story about how Sean and I met. We could we could continue to tell that. But we've told it. We've yeah, told it. We've told that story. I want to be, this let's focus on you and not us. This is about you. So at this point you've been at, at Heroes for a while. Mm-hmm. You you've been working at Heroes, you're doing these art auctions. What kind of um other than the interaction with us, you know, how did your interactions with creators and like your um, contribution or you, what you got out of comics change over those years that you worked at Heroes. So you were a fan. You read some comics. You're working at Heroes. All of a sudden, you're hobnobbing with uh, Brian Stelfreeze and, and these other people. Like, what what was that like? What is what's this transition? This trans- um, yeah, that is, dude. I gotta admit, it's really cool. <laughs> um, working at Heroes Con. Um, really provides you with a great opportunity to get to meet people. But at the same time, you're working so hard that it prevents you from meeting people. Uh, I remember the one year that Brian Michael Bendis was there. I was too busy to meet him, so I never got to meet him. It's okay. <laughs> I'm, a little, I'm still a little sad about that. And like Ed Brubaker, like I still haven't met him. Yeah. I was a huge fan. I did get to talk to Darwin Cook. Um, he was at an after party, and I just got to say, you know, dude, thanks for coming. Huge fan. And that, I mean, that was it. That's all I needed to say. Yeah. So that was that was really cool. But, I mean, I definitely, working at the store and helping out with the convention, I definitely got a better sense of what it took to be a comic creator who was good and who was a hard worker and who really kind of stood out. And, and I, you know, I feel like i introduced the store and the convention to some people yeah some locals yeah yeah and just from hanging out in the store and seeing people's work and you know seeing who was good and connecting with the local art community and connecting the local art community to the store and the convention because i had gone to unc charlotte my degree was in art so i was definitely in the local art scene and so being a part of the comic community and the local art scene i think that i was able to kind of bridge some of those those yeah. two together you know as as an employee of all these things and in, in interacting with uh people like you know darwin cook and and other people and kind of saying like you have the opportunity to meet a lot of people but you don't have a lot of the time to meet the opportunity <laughs> people how okay how do you interact with these people whose art you're very familiar with with who you are you know maybe starstruck by or maybe not or how do you have natural interactions with these people like have you ever really thought about that I haven't thought about that um because usually the instances when you don't have the natural interactions mm-hmm. are the ones that you remember <laughs> the awkward ones. <laughs> the awkward ones yeah <laughs> uh, and I've had plenty of those yeah but I think a lot of times um, there was someone else there mm-hmm. who was kind of a buffer. Yeah. Um, I do remember one instance in particular, like early on. Maybe it was the 2008. That was whenever Dusty really had a huge push with indie books. Mm-hmm. And I remember being at a table with Dusty and like Frank Santoro and um, Dan Adele and Seth and it was me and Dusty and then like those five and they were just talking about like all these like crazy stuff and I was just there kind of listening and that's what I did a lot is I just kind of listened every now and then I'd throw in an opinion or say something stupid or funny that was usually my contribution <laughs> <laughs> the color commentary yeah but I mean a lot of times it's just like they're just people and they just want to hang out and talk about anything nothing and I think that's the most important thing that I learned working there, hanging out, you know, like going out with like Jeff Smith. Like we took him to a show and dinner once when he came and just like there's just people to yeah. just hang out with people <laughs> and, and not thinking about like, oh, it's Jeff Smith. He's so cool. Like saying like, oh, man, I'm a really big fan. 
and I like, and then say something very specific. Like whenever I went, I went to San Diego Comic-Con, um, working with heroes. It was actually after we got married. But a thing that really helped me was like, I would go up to somebody and I was like, oh man, I'm a really big fan of the lettering you did in this book. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh man. And then they would talk about that. <laughs> um, so that, that is one thing that I learned. I mean, they're just people that just want to talk about stuff. I don't want to go back again into how you met me, but let's like... Well, I mean, this uh, no, is no, how I met the dollar bin. No, exactly. I know. So the thing that that's, that's kind of what I'm going to bring up is you talked about seeing me at After the Thing mm-hmm. and Chris Pitzer and Jay Chris and I think uh, Rob Allman was there. And so how did you meet those guys? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> because they've always been there they've always been there yeah um i remember i mean the first time i met jay chris and rob allman Mm -hmm. was um 2004 or so i went to a mini comics panel and they were on it and they were talking about how they do mini comics but i don't really know how i became friends with them because it was like i was always friends with them and I mean, same with like Chris Pitzer, like he was around. And I mean, I would, a lot of my interactions with him was, you know, picking up books for the store. Yeah. I do want to point out the fascination that I have. And I joke about the fact that I met my wife through a the comic book podcast. I do this comic podcast and I met my wife because, you know, she was uh, the store manager at a comic book store. And like, what What are the odds of that crap? You know, that doesn't yeah. happen. That doesn't happen. Yeah. But, okay, so not only is that the weird thing, that I met my wife, who was the manager at a comic book store, through the p- comics podcast that I do, but that she was already a fan of, A, Des Arc, this, like, you know, though that they are from North Carolina, like, not super well-known group or no. person, huh. you know? Um, yeah. And that she was already a fan of like these more indie based in small press like comics like J. Chris Campbell and Rob Allman and Chris Pitzer with Ad House Books. These books that I'd already become a fan with just the, around that time, that year before. So the fact that, I mean, you weren't just a girl working in a comic book store who was all into like Spider-Man and, and you know, Batman and stuff. But you are also into these other more obscure things. And just the odds of that happening are very <laughs> odd to me. And it fascinates me. So um, thank you. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I was, like, looking back, I mean, I was the store manager of one of the best comic stores in the country. Yeah. And I helped manage, <laughs> arguably, the best comic-centric convention in existence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, I mean, that's that's pretty cool. Yeah. So how do you go from that to being a member of the dollar bin and giving all that up? <laughs> um, well, I got married and I moved to South Carolina. Do you regret it? No. I'll, here, I'll close my eyes. <laughs> you, can tell them, you can tell them I'm not looking. I don't regret it. I love you. And I'm really happy with the life that yeah. we have here. I mean, do I miss heroes? Of course. <laughs> um. But I'm happy with with what we've got now. You, we, you've now had this transition mm-hmm. where you went from a art fan mm-hmm. to a comics fan mm-hmm. to being part of one of the biggest or best comic families in comics in America mm-hmm. to then transitioning from that to the dollar bin where you were where you became a pretty regular comic book uh, commentator. You came down to Trey's house even before. Uh, we got married and all that stuff, which we talk about in the the issue. But you decided, hey, I want to be on the dollar bin. Now, what, just to be clear, was that a, hey, I want to be on the dollar bin and talk comics? Or was that a, hey, I want to hang out with Adam and the yeah, other guys? I don't know. Was it the other guys? Did you want to talk comics? Were you excited <sighs> about that? A lot of it was me wanting to hang out with you and yeah. looking for an excuse. Yeah. And that's why I originally called mm-hmm. you. Yeah. And that was an excuse to hang out with you. Definitely being a part of the dollar bin made me feel like I had a voice in the comic community, that I had something to contribute, that I had an opinion that people were wanted to hear about. And I definitely did not feel that way before being a part of the dollar bin. So you guys definitely made me feel like my opinions were, um, I guess, important and like a, a big part of me finding my voice 
in both kind of writing and, and being on the podcast was Rochelle. And I've never really talked about this because I don't think I ever really thought about it myself. So living between Wednesdays, Rochelle Gogan, she had her blog where she talked about comics as like one of the top comic blogs in the country or the world because she's in Canada. <laughs> so Yeah, and, and I guess like reading more of kind of her work and getting to know her through the dollar bin, she kind of like became this person that I wanted to be because she was a store manager at Strange Adventures comic shop up in Nova Scotia. Yeah, Halifax. Yeah. And I mean, just seeing the things that she was doing and, and getting more females involved into comics and being a female who enjoyed comics very unapologetically like her who's hot in comics was great <laughs> i loved it and it was just you know you can be a girl and like comics and it's no thing because it definitely seemed like it was a thing and having other females who read comics that made it seem completely normal and fine and cool really helped me to kind of find my footing and mm -hmm. not feel as awkward or alone or weird or out of place. Mm -hmm. I definitely don't think I've ever told Rochelle <laughs> any of this. Yeah. And I still feel bad that like the one interaction I had with her, I was like, stop talking about wrestling. <laughs> like, I feel like such a jerk about was that. Was she there during that? Yes. She was talking about wrestling? Yeah. like Trey and Carolyn Valevsky and Joe Carabello. I think she was there for that. I know um, Rochelle, I think that was the year she was And there, I feel yeah. like such a jerk. <laughs> um, because, you know, I'm super into wrestling now. But it was just like I was <laughs> tired and I didn't know what, like, I guess I wanted to be part of the conversation but not have to work Yeah. at it. And so this time was a month. Such a jerk. Um, but no, I mean, like, Rochelle really helped show me what I could be. Uh, I wanted to be... Because she was like this cool Canadian <laughs> chick who, you know, wrote about comics and like I really related to her and I really wanted to like be like Rochelle. Mm -hmm. Being a part of the dollar bin, uh, you said you, you your your opinions were important. What do you feel that you got out of the dollar bin? What was it like being a, a part of the dollar bin? I mean, we talked about me and Brian, but there's a lot of other guys in the dollar bin. And really, and the, the, it truly is other guys in the dollar bin. There's been some female voices here and there. But, I mean, you're looking at Terrence and Ted and Devin and me and Brian. And, like, what was what was that like coming into that world? It was fun. I mean, you guys are, like, I did listen to the dollar bin before mm -hmm. I joined it. <laughs> And, I mean, it was just a bunch of guys hanging out, and I really liked that, kind of that aspect. It's just a very comfortable environment. You can just kind of be yourself and just come hang out and talk about comics. What do you feel your uh, biggest contributions to the Dollar Bin have been? Um, I think just a different perspective, mm -hmm. just giving you guys, like, an actual real female voice. <laughs> and a lot of the writing that I've done particularly my feminist deconstruction <laughs> of that Stephen DC crap that happened a few years ago. You want to talk about that at all? You know that's still our number one most hit thing on our website now. That blows me away. So, I, I, uh, so Adam and I did this grand experiment <laughs> where we read every single number one issue of uh, DC New. Yeah, 52. New, 52. new 52. Yeah, thanks uh, to, to Richards Comics and Collectibles for working out a deal with us to review them all. Yeah, so we sat down Maybe. each. thanks. Yeah, <laughs> so we read them all and we sat down each week and we we reviewed everything. And I read, um, crap, was it Red Hood Not Outlaws? Yeah, that was part of it. I mean, it was. That was like the big. The it was that and then Catwoman. Mm -hmm. It was super just sexist. It was super. I'm a man and this is what I think of women. Like that's how it felt. It didn't, the characters didn't feel real. They didn't feel um, well-rounded or like actual people. They felt like sex objects. And it was just, it was infuriating just to read the stuff that was going out and just people's opinions and it was really frustrating so i took my time and i did this like really thoroughly researched kind of deconstruction of kind of the newer books and i'm 
super freaking proud of that. Mm-hmm. Like it's on my LinkedIn profile. Um, if people <laughs> ask for writing samples, I link to that. Like no yeah. joke. I've done yeah. that. And I'm, I mean, I'm really proud of that, but that like killed me inside a little bit. Like it took all of me to kind of throw that out there. And then it took a couple years before I was able to write anything again. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, no, I'm, I'm really happy. I'm really proud of that. Yeah. And I mean, working with the Dollar Bin Productions, I mean, I do mini comics. I do like one mini comic a year. And I've been doing that for five or six years now. And I'm really proud of myself for doing that. Like, I don't really think I'm a strong writer or a strong artist, um, but I like telling stories. So my mini comics are just kind of dumb stories. I was going to get into that um, next after talking about being a contributor on the show and bringing uh, your point of view to our discussions. And, you know, especially I was going to bring up the article that (laughs) that you wrote um, because it is still steadily hit. You've been sourced for people's papers. That's awesome. When when they've written them. Uh, But, yeah, on top of all that, you've written some articles, but now you went from artist person to comics fan to working at heroes to contribute to the dollar bin podcast to now writing and drawing your own comics and stories you know like you've been running this gambit of the comics world and now like you said you're writing another story every year you at least do one mini comic every year and the one thing like i constantly hear is that your stories resonate with people and you do have a you know, simplistic art style and a, I, I don't, I wouldn't say you have a simplistic story style. Um, I think that you have a lot of depth in your stories. You know, people constantly talk about how you are a good storyteller, like, like your stories do resonate and that they're easy to follow and they, you know, they produce emotion from the reader and that's all really great. I mean, the dollar bin really helped me with that. I mean, I, um, the first, I guess, you know, my first published art, was in one of the friends assembled yeah one of the psas yeah. um i mean before that i was in an exhibition catalog mm-hmm. that was it you know and and it really like you guys really showed me like that all you have to do is just do it and then you know you can print it yourself or yeah. publish it yourself or mm-hmm. throw it up on the internet mm-hmm. you know and and you can do it yourself yeah you do it yourself for yourself and if it someone else is interested in it then bonus awesome yeah i mean it, it without like your support i wouldn't have felt confident enough to submit to um sweaty palms mm-hmm. and i got picked to <laughs> tell a story and i'm in a published anthology mm-hmm. and that actual printed book is going to be coming out soon and yeah. that's really exciting yeah and that wasn't like a pay to play. That was like get paid. <laughs> yeah, play. yeah. I mean, I, I I pitched a story idea. Yeah. And they picked me, and I did it, and I got paid. Yeah. Um, that's crazy. <laughs> I contributed an article to a wrestling zine, <laughs> Atomic Elbow. I got paid to do that. It's amazing. Like the the opportunities I've gotten from connections with the dollar bin been incredible i mean without dollar bin i wouldn't have gone to fluke and gotten connected with all the guys in athens Mm -hmm. guys and girls people (laughs) in athens (laughs) and going to spx and just really seeing what else is out there i mean i'm super interested in in indie comics i mean i like mainstream comics too Mm -hmm. they're fun yeah (laughs) they're just fun stories you know yeah. And indie comics have got another layer to them. I mean, they can be fun, but they can also be really heavy and thought-provoking. And, and just like the first time I went to SVX with you and just seeing kind of what else is out there and going to Fluke and just seeing like people make this stuff and it's so cool. And then being able to kind of bring that back to the store, which is a really important thing that I was able to do working at Heroes was buying people's mini comics and having it in the store and seeing it seeing people buy them that was really rewarding mm-hmm. i was gonna ask and we don't have to go into depth about this but it's kind of just came to mind but so you did the article for atomic elbow you think that was like your first serious writing since the dc uh new 52 thing you hadn't really written anything so. um no i think that was <laughs> yeah <laughs> so. and i mean i've been toying around with yeah. like an idea and i wanted to i really wanted to do something mm-hmm. um i've thought about other kind of ideas but 
That yeah. was kind of like my <laughs> wrestling story, like yeah. how I got into wrestling. Yeah. I don't know what else like um, that you want to talk about. There's a couple other things that I had in mind as well. One of them being that when you moved in with me, mm-hmm. I had very bare walls. <laughs> I had a few pieces of art that I owned. Yeah. It, my art collection, our art collection, has exploded. Yes. Um, <laughs> what did you do? Um, <laughs> I really like white walls covered in stuff. <laughs> and so I see any little spot that we have and I think, oh, well, we could put something there. Um, and we have... I'm not sorry. <laughs> what um, what can you tell us about your art collection or your art collecting or any stories about, you know, where you got some of your pieces? Ooh, boy. Oh, gosh. I don't know. I mean, okay. So one of, one of my favorite pieces is above our couch is Obama fighting a capitalist robot. And I bought this from John Hairston Jr. And it was one of the covers of... Yeah, he never signed it. <laughs> I need to get that signed one day. But it was one of, on one of the covers of Creative Loafing. And I just kind of reached out to him and was just like, hey, hey, do you are you going to sell that? Can I buy that? And he's like, yeah, sure. And that kind of really opened up a new world to me <laughs> of you just ask people for their art and then you give them money and you get the art. And it's kind of amazing. <laughs> Because I, I, I didn't really, like, it, I didn't think that it would be available. <laughs> I would have, like, somebody's probably already yeah. gotten that. I mean, it's freaking Obama, you know? <laughs> that was really cool. <laughs> Working at Heroes, people are really appreciative for the things that you do for them, which is just your job, basically. is <laughs> like, I get them comics. But people really like that. <laughs> so a lot of artists give you pieces. That's really cool. I'm trying to think of, like... Like, my art auction pieces mm-hmm. have been great. Like, the first piece, like, my first big piece was um, my Paul Hornschmeyer Spider-Man, emo Spider-Man. It was in the program book that year, and Doug Merkel and I were in a bidding war over it, and I didn't have a wife. He was right there <laughs> staring daggers at me. <laughs> And, you know, I had a job and I lived at home and I had a savings account. <laughs> so I was like, bring it on. So that just kind of ate into my down payment on my car. <laughs> and that was a really cool, a cool thing. I mean, we've got so many cool pieces and each one means mm-hmm. a lot to me. I remember kind of growing up, uh, I really liked art and I really liked paintings. And so I had a bunch of stuff, um, you know, in in my room, you know, my house and, and then just how one day I was like, oh man, I want to have this like really cool art collection. And, and now I do. I mean, of course there are pieces uh, that I'd like to have, you know, Phil Noto or (laughs) Francesco Francavilla. And, you know, maybe one day we'll get one of those. We have a Francavilla. Oh yeah, that's right. (laughs) It's right there. We have a Luke Cage or Power Man. Yeah. Um, jeez. <laughs> okay. I would like a Frankovia original page. Yeah. Published page from Frankovia. I mean, I've got a Brian Stelfreeze Catwoman and just all these amazing pieces by all these amazing people and they're friends. And that that's the great thing about the comics community is you get to know these people and they're your friends. <laughs> and you get to hang out with them and they do really cool stuff and you get to support them by buying their book or buying their art um it's just like jared cullum his book just came out um mm-hmm. storyteller the jim henson book um giants number three and it is so beautiful his watercolors and his storytelling are just amazing and like i know that guy <laughs> and i know that guy who does this book it's just so cool it's just so great to be a part of the community and, and to feel like I can try and direct people to cool things. And that's definitely what the dollar bin has helped is like getting the word out on cool people and the cool things that they're doing. Is there other things that you want to cover? Yes. There is one thing <laughs> that I really wanted to talk about that is really important. Yeah. And that is you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, 
So getting to meet you and getting involved with you has definitely completely changed my life for the better. I mean, I don't know if it was finding my voice in in comics and being able to kind of share that with like my dad was is huge. Like um I can't remember what year it was, but I'd been like I invited my dad to Heroes Con, saw him and one year he actually came and he came with his girlfriend and I got to see him and we were at the booth and he was like looking around this huge convention and he was like you do this? I was like yeah, I helped put this on and like a ton of people kept coming up to me and thanking me and talking and, and like my dad actually got to see <laughs> kind of what I do. And I definitely think that the dollar bin giving me kind of confidence in myself um, really helped strengthen my relationship with my dad. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that was like the turning <laughs> point or if it was just getting married in general. <laughs> but I know like after you and I met and my dad got to meet you and was so blown away by you Uh, i mean he does like my dad like loves you like you looked him in the eyes you know and shook his hand and that like that really meant a lot to my dad and and us having such a good relationship and you treating me so well and him knowing you know i was doing well for myself really helped strengthen our relationship And, and i really feel like through the dollar bin i've got a good relationship with my dad now and that's meant a lot to me. Um, one thing that I just remember that I wanted to bring up earlier is that when I did decide that I was going to try to date Sean Reynolds, the lovely Sean Reynolds, Brian Eisen basically told me, do not fuck up our relationship with heroes. <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> As my dad would say, don't F it up. And essentially what he meant was don't hurt you, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. And that honestly was a weird fear in dating you, you know, because... Oh, because I've got these, like, yeah, huge guys around like, me who will beat the crap out well, of you if you hurt me? Nah, I mean, there's that, but then also, like, I mean, you have not just people that would beat me up, but pretty influential friends in the comics community. <laughs> that just completely, like, snuff you out. Yeah, you hurt me and you're done. You're so, done in comics. No, that was a weird that was like yeah. a oh man. Uh yeah, that's a good point. Uh that's not why I treat you so well, but <laughs> it helps. <laughs> the fear. The fear. Yeah. Uh, but no, that's that was kind of a thing that we were like, Okay, you could do this, but <laughs> just don't don't mess this girl up. I appreciate you <laughs> treating me nice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Another thing that we could have got into, because, you know, we, we, we really, you're joining the dollar bin. And I want to go a little bit further. You're joining the dollar bin. You get all these other things. You still do stuff for heroes. Mm-hmm. And not only that, but you also uh, do stuff. You helped run SC Comic Con. Yeah. Here in uh, Greenville mm-hmm. with uh, Rob Young's show, who's the owner of Borderlands, uh, Michelle and Rob. Yeah, I helped, and um, you helped run the second year. The second year with you and, and Micah Taylor mm-hmm. um, helped run the second year of SC Comic Con. So not only were you doing all the hero stuff and then you kind of got away, but you kind of did dollar bin stuff and then whew, right back into organizing conventions and working conventions. Yep. And you volunteered at every year of SC Comic Con as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I still do panels mm-hmm. at Heroes Con. I mean, that's definitely a huge thing. What was that like for you? What was your first panel you ever moderated? Do you remember? Um, No, I don't. I think the first one I ever moderated was the first teaching comics panel that I ever did. Okay. And I remember next door was a Green Lantern panel. And it was right before the movie came out. So it was like, everybody was like Green Lantern. It was huge. And I had like 40 or 50 people on my panel. And I was like blown (laughs) away. But I was really nervous and it was kind of hard to talk. But I was able to do it. And I had people on the panel that I liked, that I knew, and who I knew could talk a lot. Hmm. So it just lasted forever (laughs) in a good way. Yeah. Um, So that was really cool. And since then, you've probably done double-digit number of panels. 
Yeah, and I've then. even like I've been on panels. Like yeah. I was on a panel in San Diego Comic Con. <laughs> I was on a panel. <laughs> yeah. Kind of people who are involved in the comics community who don't do comics. Mm-hmm. So it's like comics, not comics. What's the what's panels been like for you? You've you've done a bunch of them. Um, you never thought. Did you ever think you were ever going to do anything like that? No, I mean, huh? I'm terrified of speaking in front of people. <laughs> And and I've gotten better at it. There have been some really rough panels that I've done, panels that did not go well um, for one reason or another. And those are the ones that really taught me, okay, this is what I need to do and this is how I can get better. And I've definitely thought about not doing them anymore after some of them. Yeah, I, I know... It was a couple of years ago at Heroes Con. Um, I was having really, really bad digestive issues. And I was really sick. And I really thought I was going to poop myself on stage in the middle of this panel. And I was really worried. Really worried. But I didn't. And I made it through. And it was okay. <laughs> and I knew if I could make it through that, I can do anything. <laughs> I don't remember that panel. I don't remember if it was good or if it was bad or if people had fun. It sounded like it was a good panel. I remember that specific panel and it was it was one of the ones on stage in the little room and everybody yeah. afterwards when I was moving equipment were all like talking and they I think they had a good time. That's cool because I ran in the bathroom <laughs> and then I went to the hotel room and I slept for like an hour, an hour and a half. Yeah. Because I was, I was beat. So definitely like I've been able to get through some things yeah and just debates like the moderators just completely taking over or um the moderator no the moderator me should have taken over (laughs) but no the panelists completely just like taking over or people in the audience audience just completely (laughs) just like steamrolling the whole thing and me accidentally doing panels Whenever the moderator didn't show up and just feeling comfortable enough to, okay, I know the subject. Let's just talk. Mm -hmm. Let's have fun. Yeah. You moderated a panel that you were not the moderator for. You were there setting up a projector at Heroes Con. The moderator didn't show. We were five or ten minutes after the panel should have started. And I was in there. um, I had a panel coming up in, in another room. But you were just like, you know what? We're all here. Let's just start talking. Is and there was an audience, and you just took control. You, yeah. There was no prodding. You just said, "Hey, we're here. We're set up. I got nothing to do. Let's start talking comics." Um, one thing working at Heroes, um, Shelton really instilled in me the make people happy. <laughs> um, Heroes Con is all about making sure that everyone has a pleasant experience and get something out of it. Coming in the store, making sure that people leave with something that they want, that they're looking for, whether they came in looking for it or, you know, whether they found something they didn't know they were looking for, but just kind of making sure that people have a good time and there were people there and they wanted a panel. <laughs> so I wanted to make sure that they, they got what they were looking for. Yeah. Yeah. That was awesome. I still love that story. Yeah, I think I you do did too. a great job on the panel too. I having think I, I no think I idea too. that you were going to be moderating a panel. Yeah, and just and being able to jump right in. Yeah, and um, I think the panelists had a good time. I got to meet Dave Cooper <laughs> and Jim Silkey. It was great. I know that we get our comics at Richard's Comics and Collectibles, mm-hmm. and that you uh, go through previews every month. I do help him catch some things that maybe he may have missed in the orders yeah (laughs) i i still like being involved in ordering because i i think like well maybe one day i'll have to order and like you get in the habit of going through previews and really thinking about okay who would order this book or who would buy this book and like how many should i order and and i wanted to kind of keep that skill fresh even though (laughs) I, i haven't ordered comics in years and i'm so out of touch like i look at i look at all the marvel and all Mm -hmm. the dc stuff but i have no idea what's going on yeah i mean those books come out like a weekly or something ridiculous (laughs) twice a month or i was like i don't know what's going on in any of this stuff yeah back to the uh start where you had mentioned how far behind you are and i know i'm so far behind and (laughs) adam 
showed me a video, uh, an interview that Brian Eisen did <laughs> of me yeah. at the the last. I don't think I ever posted that, so I need to get that up. As uh, maybe I'll post that along with this. Man, interview. That, that was great. So Brian yeah. Eisen interviewed me, and we were talking about Deadpool at the last Greenville Comic Con. Yeah, the last Greenville Comic Con. It was when Adam proposed to me the <laughs> night before. So it was uh, my first day of being an engaged person. Yep. And I, I was talking like I knew what I was doing. <laughs> and I did. Like, whenever I ordered comics, I knew. Like, I knew who was writing and who was doing the art. And um, I knew the audience and, and kind of how much I should order. I mean, I made, of course, I made mistakes. I made, like, horrible mistakes. <laughs> but, you know, I feel like I got more right than I got wrong. <laughs> I'm pretty proud of myself and, and my ordering and, and kind of what I did. Um like I was manager of the store whenever the uh, economy just like collapsed and I really tightened everything up. And, and I feel like a lot of the work that I did helped save the store a ton of money and help them get through. Um, I mean, Seth was there to make money for the store. I mean, that's really when they started going to more conventions to try and bring in some extra income. Um, so he was there to make money and I was there to keep the ordering tight to save money. So like we were a team um it was really awesome it was really cool like the way that we worked together and had each other's backs yeah you've always had very positive things to say about uh working with seth yeah and his work ethic is just is ridiculous <laughs> i don't even know how i don't know how he does it he needs yeah. he needs more vacations <laughs> well no he needs to take them he has them he just needs to take them he needs to take more time off uh you were also uh, i'm gonna bring it up store manager during uh the death of captain america oh you my god go that was that. horrible <laughs> that no i was just working there oh you were the working time. there i was just the working death? there during oh, yeah. the death of captain america <laughs> um i was ordering comics during obama spider-man and I'm still like, so, okay. So what happened with that? I ordered, I ordered the Obama cover, but in like, so the whole thing was like, you order X amount of comics and you can order the Obama cover, however many you wanted, as long as you met the certain criteria. I thought I met the criteria. Turns out I missed the criteria by one comic book instead of our rep calling to see like hey did you want to order one more to make sure you got those they just canceled our order and didn't tell us so we didn't get any and it was horrible it was horrific it was just that whole experience was just so bad because I, I felt like it really it didn't show the best of what the store was or could be to people that didn't know anything about comics and trying to explain things to people who didn't know it was difficult and I just I really regret a lot of the things that happened during that month when all those issues were coming out. I really could have done a lot better. <laughs> Should have done a lot better. I'm still mad at myself about that because I was the one yeah. responsible for it. I yeah. lost the store so much freaking money. I'm yeah, so but, mad think, but about like that. not only uh, your 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 diamond rep lost diamond and Marvel. <laughs> yeah. Money as well. Yeah. Because they would have printed more. They would have had more orders, and it was. Oh, it was. We just. It, the whole thing was ridiculous. <laughs> but, you know, we made it through. We did what we could do. It keeps on keeping on. Yeah, and if that's, like, you know, my biggest <laughs> regret in comics, it's not that bad. No. That's probably not my biggest regret. <laughs> I'm sure I have others. Um, but, I mean, like, working at Heroes was phenomenal. Getting to meet the people and being a part of that family is something that no one can take away from me. Mm -hmm. um, the one year where we did the huge family picture <laughs> and people made sure that I was part of that, like that meant the absolute world mm -hmm. to me. Being a part of that was huge. And, and I don't ever want to lose that. I don't want to lose my relationship with heroes and with Shelton. Like I love Shelton. He was the father figure that I needed. You know, whenever I was working at the store, he was like my dad. And it was so important to me to, to kind of keep that relationship. And and I, like, deciding that I had to resign was really hard for me. I just, I couldn't keep up living down here and work working up there. It just, it just didn't work. But that doesn't mean that I don't want to continue being involved with all comics. I am comics. <laughs> I'm above comics. I am comics. You are comics. I do like that. I do like that idea that um, 
you know, you help out at Richards, you help out at Borderlands, you help out at Heroes, you help out with Top Shelf, you help out with Ad House, you help out with all these other publishers and all these other, you probably, you know, you support Acme Comics and Sailfish Comics and like all these other Chapel dealers, Hill Chapel Comics Hill Comics and, and um, Rick Fortenberry and, you know, all these guys, this whole comics community made up of shops and publishers and dealers and conventions and you have no well i mean there's there's definitely some lines there's definitely uh you know but you you help the good that is comics you you work to make the comics community a better place for everybody and you want to help everybody be the best in comics that they can be and it shows. Thank you. I really try really hard. I want everybody to to be a part of this community and to be a you know a good part. Yeah. You know, like if you're talking about <laughs> negative stuff, I don't want you part of the community. <laughs> yeah. If you're going to be derogatory or sexist or racist, you don't need to be a part. But we can all talk about the cool things that we love and and you know be a force for good. And punch some Nazis, like Captain America. Think the A on my head stands for France. <laughs> Charlotte, thank you for your time and thank you for your contributions to the Dollar Van and comics and uh, for sitting here with me and everything <laughs> <laughs> and contributing to this and letting us talk to you and opening up to us here. And- yeah, I really I told some stories that I've never to- <laughs> told on recordings. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hey, you know, thanks for calling me girl <laughs> that one time <laughs> that I called you and you were on that podcast and you called me girl. <laughs> <laughs> that got me. That won me over, Adam. Uh, hey. Hey. I love you, baby. I love you too. Uh, thank you guys for listening to us, uh, Jibber Jabber. And, uh, you know, I'm glad uh, you're hopefully you got a lot out of uh, getting to know Sean a little bit more and the 10 year anniversary interview here. And, um, you know, if you see us at the show, stop in, talk to Sean, you know, yeah. chat with her with some comics, bring your your positive uh, vibes. And yeah, uh, and thank you guys for listening. And, you know, we'll see you on the next one. Thanks for listening. <laughs>